And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. I find there are logic and foolish emotions, a constant irritant. His most imperious majesty, Jabba the Hutt, says, then transfer out, freak. Two true You belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Welcome to a special episode, an on-the-fly, down-and-dirty episode of Two True Freaks. This is the Prometheus Review episode. I had planned on having a whole cavalcade of guests on, but everybody's taking their sweet-ass time to watch Prometheus, except for who I have on tonight, Mr. Jonathan Kreitz. How's it going? Who started, it's going good, who started posting on the on the forum after he'd seen it, at which yeah. made me go... God, I gotta go see it. So I caught a matinee of it. So basically, you're, you, you know, you're the only guy I could track down. You're the only guy of even the people I know in town that I can talk about Prometheus to now. So well, I've been waiting for this for the, since Wednesday when I saw it that, to be able to discuss. Because all I've been able to tell my friends is you got to go see Prometheus. And they're like, oh, what happened? And it's like, I cannot tell you anything right. that happened or it's going to ruin it. And uh, just to warn everybody here, we're going to spoil the hell out of this movie. This is this is definitely a podcast for somebody who's seen the movie. And if you haven't, really don't listen to this podcast because it, it, truly you don't want to be spoiled for this movie. Not even a little bit. It's more fun to to pick it apart, you know, in the movie theater than listen to definitely. pick it apart, I'm sure. But if you've seen it, oh boy, we're going to have some fun tonight because I plan on digging my snout deep into this one well that was the same similarly that was why i got that thread going because i saw it saturday matinee last saturday so a week ago and you know i hadn't really stopped thinking about it or Mm -hmm. you know discussing it with my friends since then so i was like man i gotta see what everyone else thought when i saw it i saw it in a matinee in in a suburban semi-suburban area um 
just down the street from my house. I rode my bike there, and so it was, and and it was a Wednesday, so basically the whole audience was senior citizens. Right. And it was like a book club meeting at the end of the huh. movie. They all got into little groups and started discuss. You know, let's discuss what happened here, and uh, they were. Uh, and it's really funny because it's a pretty gruesome movie, and you see all yeah. these little old ladies going, "Oh well, I thought that he was blah blah blah." blah. Right. It was, it was really interesting. So the movie has even the power to to capture the minds of little old ladies in in Brighton, New York. Well, I would even say that's uh, what I mean. Honestly, when it ended, I couldn't tell, do I like this movie a lot, or do I, you know, did I like it okay, but just couldn't quit talking about it. But the more I've thought about it, the more I think I'm coming down on the, I liked it a lot, but it is also, I think, a sign to at least something about the movie that whether you liked it or not, people are talking about it afterwards, you know, either yeah. right immediately, like you were just saying, or like we are right now. My my immediate like thought was well the first uh, like the first hour of the movie, I was in heaven, the first right. half hour of the movie, I was beyond heaven in some sort of ultra nirvana, that first half hour where it's slow and and um, and um, uh, Michael Fassbender the robot is right. just, is just generally going about his life, taking care of things while they're all take, sleeping, taking care of things while they're all sleeping. And just being himself alone was amazing. It was 2001 level of just, you know, the kind of slow filmmaking that I love, you know. It's, well. It, it was slow, but every second I was just drinking in the beauty right. of the set design. And then, you know, everything that he's doing, you know, he's just, he's watching TV and eating and stuff like that. But you're, you're picking Dying up. Dying his hair. Yeah, and you're, and you're picking up these just these little subtle things and the robots in the alien universe are so well you know they're they're a trope of the films right. so so i was sort of like ah another robot okay but boy they put wrinkles on you know new wrinkles on the robot in in this movie that are just fascinating he's sort of like a walking combination of hal and data you know just the yeah. the creepy combination of the two of them and you can't put your finger on on him, you know. It's it's not one of those things of where you're trying to figure out whether you know you know he's a robot. It's not like Ash in the first movie, but you know you're trying to figure out if this guy has any has been programmed with any kind of moral scruples or right. not. Or it's just it's it's he's, wonderful. He's definitely not uh, an Asimov. You know, three laws of robotics. No, I would say no, yeah. no, no. A very sometimes, like you know, I mean, spo spoiler alert: one of yeah. one thousand. <laughs> you know, he actively he actively harms a human being. Yeah. And this, and not just like I'm going to defend myself in this. He 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 goes out of his way. But then again, Ash was doing that in right in um, Alien. But I remember in Alien when Ash was when Ash stuck the was actually in the act of like, okay, I'm going to choke the life out of her. He started kinda, sort of freaking out. He started yes. going, rrr, 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 and yeah, like, like he was fighting his own, yeah. you know, maybe programming or initial instincts or what have you. But yeah. Right. There was some mechanism that was, that was at odds with itself. In this. Yeah. And, and, uh, no, this, this guy's calculating. And, uh, and that, and that scene, the, the scene where he, uh, he infects one of the, the crew, Right. That with the with this alien goo that's there, 
is just so it's very subtly done it's kind of key to the whole movie though wouldn't you say yeah oh yeah and uh and it's very strange because you know it's sort of it's a very immoral act that he does but he goes through this whole thing where he actually sort of gets the guy's tacit permission for it right you know he gets the guy to say something uh, you know that 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 makes him not justified in doing it but you could justify it if, you, like, you know, a crazy person <laughs> justification right. for doing right. something. And that was, I was wondering if, you know, the he's he was basically treated as the son of of um, Wayland, the mm-hmm. old man Wayland. Right. You know, they had a sort of father and son relationship. I'm thinking if his program it wasn't, you know, has wasn't altered or you know or or affected by that sort of you know amoral corporate mindset you know so you know maybe he was like that to please his father you know yeah but whatever you know whatever he was doing was in the service of like getting approval for from wayland you know and and making sure that it worked out but you also get the you also get the idea that he's very curious <laughs> and yeah that, it's kind of a neat combination i mean he definitely let me see how to put this. I don't know if it's necessarily the corporate part of Wayland, but just serving Wayland, period. You know, whatever, instead of being, you know, oh, I've got to protect people, I can't allow harm to come to them, it's more like I've got to do whatever I can to help him, to protect him. Um, so that's why he goes on the path he does. But, yeah, he, There seemed you know, also to be a lot of, what is this? I just want to know what everything yeah. is, too. And oh, definitely. What, what will happen if I do this with this? And, hmm, you know. Right. And, even, and that even kind of felt like it might have even superseded his Wayland yeah. program, you know, his daddy programming. So he's, like, he's basically the most complex character in the whole, in the whole movie, which is awesome because Ridley Scott's that sort of disaffected, not disaffected, but distant Stanley Kubrick type of director where people a lot of times get lost in the mix, except for Alien, which I think was because he let the actors improv through a yeah, lot they of just kind of ran they just did their own thing while he you he, know worked on the design and the sets and and direction and all that it's very lucas like in a way, but you know on a on maybe a higher level of filmmaking but yeah, but in in this one, a lot of the characters seem very cold, or or uh, there's just not a lot of human depth to it. At least, mm-hmm. at least on the at least at first, you know, at least in in watching the movie, and that seems to be the biggest biggest like critical complaint of it. Like, but they're all jerks. That's what I've seen a lot is that they all come out and they're just all complete jerks. You know, they come out of cryo sleep or what have you. There's no one to like. Right. Besides maybe the robot. Right, right. And they're all being real jerks to the robot, too. Well, that's true. They're all true. just ordering him around and being really bossy to him. And you're like, hey, this guy was, like, taking care. He was also, like, mind-raping them, too, by yeah. <laughs> reading Spying their, on dreams, their dreams. Yeah. Which was well, fascinating. Yeah. In most movies, that would be a central theme of the movie was that they, that, you know, that they had this machine that could read dreams. and, But, you know, that's what I love about you know movies of of this level of filmmaking is it's just taken for granted oh yeah when you're in cryo sleep people can people can read your dreams you know as a matter of fact she didn't seem that pissed when he said that she was you know that he'd been looking at her dreams while she was right. sleeping most people would be like what you what? know yeah I'm, i will kill you now 
you know? Yeah. But I wonder if it even was some, uh, like, prescribed part of his, you know, operations of the ship to, to check sure in on them to make sure they're not going insane and cryosleep or something. That could very well be because when, when they come out, there's just sort of an offhand comment of, like, so, uh, you know, any any casualties? <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> Did anybody not wake up? Okay, good, good. <laughs> so it seems like maybe that happened a bit, you know, at this point. Maybe they were trying to say that this was, you know, a little earlier in the cryosleep technology sure. than, say, Alien or... Right, you know. a cruder, cruder technology, because they're, like, breathing. It almost reminded me of Abyss in a way where they were mm. coughing up all that liquid, mm-hmm. almost like they were breathing the liquid while they were under or something. I don't know, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, they had a, a lung full of liquids that, that was somehow maybe kept oxygenated or something. something yeah, like I don't that. know. Yeah. They, they seem to have a lot of stuff under control. They seem to have, like, unlimited, like, battery power. You know, fuel doesn't seem to be any kind of problem in, in this, I noticed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, um... But speaking of problems, the the thing about this movie that, that that's bizarre to me is yeah, it's 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 hitting staying around seventy three to seventy five percent on the tomato meter, which is pretty good, right? Pretty pretty good. Um, and and you know, critics like like the critic like my one of my favorite critics of all time is Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that sort of shows what the how the critic and his thoughts on it, what he loved about it, or what most of the other critics loved about it. It's the fanboys that are going nuts that are calling it Phantom Menace and you know this complete disappointment and it makes no sense and stuff. I don't get that. Yeah, I I, I just don't. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know what they expected. That's the thing. Maybe it was an expectation thing that the critics who see so many movies aren't like, oh, I can't wait, you know, I'm not obsessing. I'm obsessing over the new Alien movie and new Ridley Scott movie. They just go, oh, it's time to watch this. And then they watch it and and go. But, you know, as far as, I, I mean, I guess the, the writer worked on Lost, which I've never seen, but I know everybody was horribly disappointed with how Lost... Resolved. Well, not everybody, because I was a huge Lost fan. We had, I mean, we had a group watching party every Wednesday night, watched mm-hmm. it all the way through, went to the last three finales of the last three seasons at the Alamo Draft House, and I actually, for the most part, really enjoyed was, the, was the ending. Maybe not the entire last season, well, that's but what... the actual finale I did like. Okay, because a lot of people, the the complaints seem to be like, ah, they set up all this stuff and they said they knew exactly where it was going and it didn't seem like they did. It seemed like they had to sort of pull it out their ass at the end. Well, I, I don't even think it was, to me, it was not even as much uh, not, they gave plenty of answers in the end. It was what they, they explored too many extra new things. They introduced new things in the final season. Oh. That, that's what I didn't appreciate. Not necessarily that they didn't, you yeah, know, explain that they should in some have been way. tying it all up rather than instead of it. adding more things to it. You know what I mean? And and there's there's been a lot of complaints about this that it has you know that it would that it was working towards a resolution and then left it open ended. But he's obviously starting a, a sort of tangent on the Alien franchise. He's 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 adding a new wrinkle to the Alien franchise that could be its own sort of franchise. So I understand. Yeah having that open-ended thing as far as as far as them setting up things that they don't resolve i don't know i've 
I personally, in the last, you know, four or five days since I saw it, have been like starting to find that there's things that tie together and that that it possibly could. You know, there's a lot of people griping about the first scene in the movie. You know, with yeah. the yes. with the engineer with the engineer. I was hoping we'd get to that. Yeah. They they always they always use the, well. That's where I had my little epiphany on that scene, and the, and. I notice they're always using the word a scene in the beginning where the engineer sacrifices himself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the general consensus is that was somebody's, you know, that was the beginning of life on Earth. Right. Um, to me, there's no question about that because it was like laid out film, film in film language from the very beginning. Because the first thing he did and the first scene you see is is basically right out of 2001 a space odyssey of course it's and and the scene that follows that that shot of the sun coming around the the earth was always called the dawn of man sequence with Mm -hmm. all the apes and and it's been you know when you read your film textbooks it's like and then the dawn of man sequence and blah 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 what was it all about so basically he was telling you here here we come it's the dawn of man sequence and if it wasn't obvious enough that, like, right after that happens, the next shot is a spaceship, you know, going on its mission, you know, so it's right directly out of 2001. So it's basically saying, this is how life on Earth started, and it led to this, just, like, right. just like 2001. And I was loving that. So I was like, okay, so that's how, how life on Earth started. People seem to just... That seems to be the thing that just grinds their gears. They're like, "What's going on there?" and and blah blah blah. I have a theory on that. Okay. I think since and it fits in sort of with the Prometheus stealing fire from the gods. From the god, the mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that guy, that that particular engineer was maybe not working with the other engineers or stole the black that black goo from somebody and showed up on Earth. And he was started, going rogue going rogue and starting life on earth maybe they hadn't quite figured out what was going on or maybe the black goo has some sort of you know evil programmed into it you know like our say you know they i mean they pounded home the whole christian i mean it was happening at christmas time right everything when everything went south on the planet they were like okay this was all two thousand years ago so that was all set up yes so maybe he had that black goo has some sort of you know quote unquote original sin in it, and they're, they're not happy with the fact that you know maybe this guy wasn't the greatest guy in the world you know maybe he was a General Zod type of character who got a hold of some of the black goo and was like, because uh, I almost didn't see it as a sacrifice I almost saw it as this guy was kind of in a hurry to get the stuff in him and would probably knew what would happen with it you know and was like. I'll get in the water and I'll get in all the life on this planet. So maybe. So you think it was malevolent? You didn't think it was. If if it wasn't, maybe either malevolent or in, or in opposition to the other one. Maybe they were yeah. malevolent and he was, he was trying to do something before. The, maybe he made yeah. one. I but it could go either way. There's no way to really know. But yeah, it seems like. Basically, I think oh. humans are were created by this guy to destroy the other, the other um, engineers. Engineers, and they're creating the aliens to destroy the humans. 
and it's wow. basically who can who can get rid of who first you know that the, the, maybe this guy was like these guys are getting out of control I'm gonna you know I'm on they're, they're gonna put me in the phantom zone or whatever I'm gonna go to this this planet that has water on it and uh, and create you know because it, it's almost like and that that sort of fits in with the humans not being totally war, fuzzy and warm in a human sense i'm thinking that maybe like uh, symbolically at the end um um what's her name uh naomi rapace mm-hmm. is this sort of elizabeth like elizabeth shaw elizabeth shaw is like i'm not going I'm not going to Earth. I'm going to go find the engineers. You know, that could be part of her genetics kicking in, going, get them. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe, you know, once humans come in contact with these guys, you know, he just knows it's going to be their downfall. They pretty much, you know, so that that's that's my possible theory that there's there was some that's where I think the storyline might be going. Now, hopefully, that's just been set up for someone like me to figure out so he can completely baffle you later on. But he, I know he said there were at least two more movies before it it would sort of resolve an alien. Right. Like, I know I know for a fact he said this planet is not the planet they find in Alien. And, yeah, there were some clues that that was the case. I thought it was kind of a weird choice to also put... It like as a moon on a ringed planet. Yes. Which, if you recall from the Alien, you know, I know on Alien, it's like, um, I mean, when they arrive, it's it seems like it's very dark and stormy. This seemed a much more calm. I mean, I know know they had the sandstorm, but right. Yeah, it it just was. It was very similar, but not the same. Right. Um, and I think that was one of many, many. You know, he said that there's alien DNA in this movie. A lot, I mean, there was a lot of beats and a lot of oh, yeah. uh, themes and a lot of things that came from Alien, and some of them were very direct homages, whether it was her signing off at the end, similar to Ripley, or the slow shots through the ship at the beginning, like the beginning of Alien, or kind of flipping strong, the strong switch on it. Robots. Yeah, well, even flipping the switch where we didn't know Ash was a robot in the very first one, but... And this one, you kind of know that from the very beginning, and, you know, kind of and kind robots of just, losing their heads. Yeah, a yeah. I mean, there's all kinds. Of, there's all, obviously there's a lot more, but yeah, I. Oh man, well Which you got you st- got proto face huggers. You've got the the um, you know, you've just got a lot of weird visual cues too, like with the the little you know the capsules that the goos are kept in. Right is are very similar to the alien eggs, yeah, and oh and, very, and yeah. they're laid out on the ground, you know, in the in the same sort of way. So you're thinking, you know, it's it's just it's from the same thought patterns or whatever, but it's not the same things. I I loved it, and it and it went off in in different directions. This is my kind of dream sequel. I love the sequels. I, I enjoy the sequels that are like we're just gonna remake the movie but we're gonna change a few things and you're you're enjoying your enjoyment of the last movie and you're remembering it through this movie but I like where they are like where can I take this and twist it into into something else so it's basically in the same universe with a lot of the same themes although this movie I mean with 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 David the robot a lot of this starts working towards his themes in Blade Runner too. 
Of, there is a lot of Blade Runner in this movie for mm-hmm. sure. Which you know the the part you referenced before where he's talking to Holloway at the pool table. Like, you know what would you do? Well, even before he says that, why do you think your people made me? And he's like, well, we made you because we could. And he said, mm-hmm. how disappointed would you be if you found out they made you just because they could? To me, that was like. You know, straight out of Blade Runner. It was straight out of Blade Runner, and it was also it was also one of the many moments in there where David's just taunting the humans. He's he he says stuff that's just slices people down, you know, down to the core. And he's he's after after the most uh, and a spoiler within a spoiler alert. That whole scene of the the robot um, surgeon. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, geez. afterwards he says to her, he says to her, uh, you know, I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, robot. I know, yeah, right? <laughs> that's just that's just cold, that's cold blooded robot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it's great. And and that scene, that scene with the with the robot, with the robot surgeon, or you know, the the surgery machine, is a little over the top, but. Boy, oh boy, did it have the theater squirm! It had me squirming in my seat. Oh, I was yeah. just like, "Yay, I'm squirming at a, mo- I'm squirming and not just like, ooh, gross squirming." Well, it is gross, but yeah, it just plays on every fear of surgery or you know, go <laughs> doctor oh, visit. Yeah. And oh, it was just just am- amazing. As soon as they showed that, I was just like, oh. Oh dear God, we're gonna see that later on. <laughs> well, it just oh man, I, that scene. I think regardless whether they liked it or hated, it, I think everyone would agree that that was one of the most intense. I mean, intense scenes in a movie. Maybe I don't know if I'd say ever, but certainly that I can recall in any sort of recent time being in a movie theater and just literally wanting to like look between my fingers. It was yeah. that, you know, yeah. that intense. Yeah, I you see, I refuse to look away. I refuse to look away. The, sometimes I, I, I'll look away. Like, if something's happening to an animal, freak, uh-huh. it freaks me out. I get really upset over it. So sometimes I'll look away at animal stuff or needle things. I don't like don't like seeing Ooh. a need, needle going, needle going to, the to the eye or something like that. Anything into any kind of skin. I, actually, needle going into an eye to me is better then some mm. then then I can't watch the news when it's like it's flu season and they show <laughs> the little kids getting the shots I'm just Lined like yeah. I look away from the TV I, I'm just like no I get pissed I'm like don't no no TV fuck you TV <laughs> it's so it's so um yeah instantly viscerally painful in this and lo- luckily with the surgery thing there wasn't much uh, the only needle she had was a sort of almost plunger type thing yeah. so so it yeah, was a space syringe yeah so it wasn't it was it didn't push the same buttons with me so like i could watch yeah that surgery scene made me squirt if all of a sudden like little arms came out with needles on them i would be looking away but i was like forcing myself to watch it but i had to force myself to do it so i was pretty proud of ridley scott i'm i got a pretty pretty good stomach for i you know and i was munching away at my my combos all the way through it, just like oh, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> that, that... And I would say that was really—I mean, there was a few tense moments before. I mean, you get this when they go down into the alien hive or whatever, the mound pyramid building. You know, there's a sense of dread. Yes. But that was really the only 
well, I want to say the only, but that was pretty much the only, like, you know, what in the world is going to happen here. I love Kind of moment for me, at least. I love it because, it, well, Aliens, Alien was one of the first movies that gave me nightmares. And mm. One of my nightmares was kind of like Aliens. It was like people exploring a cave. And they like somewhere down in South America, and they come into a big cavern, and they're wow, wow, look at this huge cavern, and they start shining their lights up on the ceiling, and it's all just aliens clung, crawling, not moving, but yeah, it's crawling. They're like sort of sleeping like bats Ooh. in the ceiling, and I remember waking up just like, <gasps> and I was thinking, oh man, that would be a great alien movie, mm-hmm. but and the, and then aliens came out, and I was like, yes, somebody else had the same nightmare. And this had that same creeping dread, and it's and it's played off even more because you know it's you know you know it's not good you, because yeah. you just know where you are and what's happening, so you know it's so you're just wondering when is it going to go bad, and then they start. But he he's was really smart because he peppered it with just interesting science because it, it at times you're watching a science fiction movie. Like, almost, like, pure science fiction since, like, Sunshine was the last real, like, science fiction-y... Or Moon, too, was sort of like that, too. Mm -hmm. But, um... Um... So, all of a sudden, you know, you're going through the... You know, you're going through the dark corridors of the alien caverns and stuff, and it's really creepy. But then then those, um... Sort of memory holograms start playing... And then you're like, oh, this is fascinating. You know, what's going on? And when David's accessing their sort of computer map of the universe. Right. There's those moments of just science fiction like, ooh, that's really neat. And uh, so he sort of tricks you away. from. Then you start thinking, oh, science fiction movie. And then the horror the body starts horror. happening. Yeah, yeah then, then the Cronenberg. That's I would have loved to have seen this movie if, like, David Cronenberg was called in to work on it, too. That mm. would have been, he would have added just an extra, li- like maybe David Cronenberg to work with the actors. Right. That would have been like the double body horror, just special. Yeah, yeah. I would have, <laughs> yeah, there would have been old people not coming out of that movie alive. They, they would have been carting them out in stretchers. Well, and, and I've seen, I mean, and I didn't want to like harp too much on the various critiques I've seen of it, but it does seem like people. I think one thing, and I and I saw this in my in my own watching of it a little bit is with Alien. I know it's not fair to also. It is kind of fair, but a little unfair to compare it to Alien it's, too much. It's fair because the, in the publicity to this movie, it's linked right to it. Yeah, the, uh, it's all taught. You know, this isn't an Alien movie, but it's the Alien universe. So Alien, Alien, Alien. Whether they're right. saying a negative or not, you know. So it's and it is. You know, I mean. Well, it's with, an alien movie. Well, with, okay, so with Alien, there's a very, I mean, anyone paying attention could very clearly see, like, the life cycle of the alien, right? Yes. Comes out of the egg, implants in the person, hatches out of the person, and goes on its killing rampage. I think one thing that was a little, if people say confusing, was that it, it wasn't as easy in this, and maybe you have some better insight into it, but it wasn't as easy in this one to kind of see... No, that was one of my critiques. Is yeah, is, what the is, goo does to different people at different times, it, or it, who's doing what. It, it seems to do different things to different people, 
you know, it, maybe it, it's just a sort, you know, a sort of thing that depending on who it is and what's going on, it does something different. It's adaptable and all that. I got that, but there were some logistics, and and I was sort of getting that. Okay, we see that proto alien at the beginning pop out, and you're thinking, okay, the the alien species is going to go through an evolution. You know, oh, you mean the at the point, end? At the end? At the very end, you know, yeah. when they when they have to when they that 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 felt a little tacked on, but I was like, okay. I was about to say I could have probably gone without that. Because I I mean these are definitely fallen and I have critiques of this movie. There's definite there's definite nitpicks of of this and and actual not even nitty nitpicks. There's some big big plot holes and weird inconsistencies, and not as much as most people are like, well, the story didn't make sense. What didn't make sense to me is like a lot of the logistics of the 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 aliens in the alien, you know, it's like egg to chest burster implants, you know, the alien into the person. Mm-hmm. The person the alien probably grabs some of their genetics and gets so you get a quad, you know, a quadruped or a two-legged alien from a human and and then, you know, you get queens and and all and then it's like an ant colony or something you start right. getting queens and stuff. I'm thinking Maybe in this movie, none of this stuff had been unleashed at all, and it had to go through some sort of some sort of evolution to where it got to something. Maybe it had to do with something that it had to get to one of the engineers, or you know, or something like that. But the the alien that they took th- this is a big weird thing. Is David is very curious, but she she gets an alien pulled out of her stomach he knows it's in there he tells her it's in there right um she she goes gets it out of her stomach it's in that machine you know apparently dead or you know sterilized yeah we don't know yeah we don't know but she got the hell out of there she shows up where they where they're where they're taking wayland out of out of deep freeze and uh they're not even surprised to see her right and she's she's splattered with blood and with a you know staples across her belly in her underwear and they're just like oh hi yeah Waylon's here and uh and so in in that booth is one of the aliens you know on a hook and and David doesn't even go there to like check it out you know be right. like oh what is this or let's get this into a cryo vac or something you know or nothing it's left there it's 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 just dropped and left there now apparently that's the thing that turns into the Cthulhu at the end. Right. Where the hell... I understand these things are adaptable, but where the hell do they make mass? You know, the other aliens... They ate food and stuff like that. You know, yeah. and then they, they, you know, they were a, an organism. How does this organism that's just a little tiny thing yeah. grow right. into this big muscular Cthulhu... With, you know that's obviously big enough to take on a, a engineer how just how did that doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't it, it seems like a plot jump instead yeah, it of makes like, you wonder if there wasn't something in between those scenes excised at some point right or edited ex- out or or that something ex- that explained that where it got a hold of a crew member maybe a couple something. yeah exactly maybe someone stumbled in on it and was eaten or like oh crap it's in there but it's it's a very limited number of crew members too so there's you know there would have if you, uh, i've only seen it i can't wait to see it again and start like 
you know, really paying attention to who, like, who dies when to see if you see every, all the 15 people that are on this ship. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if you do. I don't know. Uh, if I've been you, thinking about that as well. Was there a Rusty the janitor who we <laughs> ha- didn't see who got eaten, you know, and, and by the Cthulhu? And even so, it, that thing would have to eat several people, I think, to get to yeah, that. Yeah, it was giant. I mean, it was huge. And that, that's, that whole part seemed kind of rushed. There was the yeah. point where she's in the ship and the David head calls her from the alien spaceship and he's like, look out, he's coming to get you. A, how he knows he's she's the thing's coming to get her, I don't know, because he would he's laying on the floor, he would have seen it like run out of the room. How does he know that it was going to find her? But, well, you know, you could... He's smart, it. he's yeah. assuming. He's yeah. figured it out. But, you know, he says, he's coming to get you, and then all of a sudden, boom, the thing's through the door chasing her, boom, Cthulhu, then all of a sudden, hey, Cthulhu's here, and and... And then this happens, and then that happens, and I can see how it's a, it's a callback to the scene with Ripley at the sure. at the end with. She with thinks she's safe, but she's not quite. But that scene kind of just unfolds beautifully. This oh, scene yeah. just sort of like boom, it's happening, and this thing's like raw through the door. You know, it's the monsters running in through the door, and it's and it's just a pure. A CG like wrestling match for two minutes, and then Cthulhu sort of gets you know saves her ass, right? In in a way by by um, clamping on to the to the engineer, but those are all my you know. And there's a lot of scenes where characters just don't act consistently with their characters, especially with the two guys who are left behind in the alien hive. Mm-hmm. When they first meet those two, you know, penis, penis creature <laughs> vipers, you know, viper, viper, or, face uh, cobras, cobras, yeah. I should say, cobra. yeah, like yeah. Co- they're very cobra like, yeah. And the one guy is is portrayed as being the sort of gung ho guy, and the other guy is being portrayed as this cowardly sidekick. Right. All through the movie, he's like, "Oh, I'm scared. Oh, let's get out of here." And then they're. Then they're trying to get out of there. Then they're walking there, and he's just like, this is, you know, I'm scared to be, oh, there's life over there? Oh, let's go the other way. And, and But as soon as the vipers show up, he's just like, hey, little fella, what the hell? You know, he's poking at it and and taunting it, and you know. And the thing is doing a defensive, offensive posture at him and stuff. And granted he's a geologist and not a biologist but still you're no 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 i think you i think you're right they switched it was the geologist that was saying hey don't mess with that hey don't mess with that was that it was the biologist the biologist who was trying to pet it which even makes it worse because you would think the biologist would be i'm not a biologist and i recognize hostile behavior right or or at least you know i also understand that the first time you see an alien life form you might want to be very, very cautious. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, know. and I guess you're just supposed to take it as, he, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just very excited to be making this discovery and yeah. never see anything like it. Well, there's a but whole, still it's there's a whole theme of of everybody being very naive. Even the yeah. cynical old Wayland is very naive. You know, they're gonna tell oh, me yeah. how to live forever. Oh yeah, and, right. And the scene where where um. Shaw's they're getting ready to go for the first time in there and the guy's got his gun she's like no 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 guns this is a scientific mission and he's just like okay and you're just like no that's so you know it's just stupid you know and and but she's just like no no this is and it is it's generally like the the assumption that a lot of people 
would make. But he really, he really kind of exaggerates that. You know, the, right. the, the scene where her boyfriend takes his, his helmet off yes. is just massively, especially since she's the one who's supposed to have faith. And I guess he's he has more faith. It was showing his faith in science. And okay, I understand. And and I I have a little mini rant on this about the haters of the movie. But I can I'm gonna side with them first a little bit and be you know this guy's a scientist. Even if I was a scientist and was like the air's breathable, the air's breathable on Earth too in 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 a lot of places. But there's a lot of places you wouldn't want to breathe it. Because it's full of some sort of disease, or it's full of uh, you know, and this is an alien planet, so he you can breathe it, but you don't know what else is in there. That right, you don't it's not know. like he's testing for little bacteria's or viruses right. or anything like that. Right, it's just like, and and but he goes, oh, they meant for this to be breathable, so you know, I'm go, you know, so you know, he's thinking we're supposed to be here. We've been mm, we've yes. been called here. We're supposed right. to be here. She thought that too. Everybody else is kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, but the scientists are all like, this was meant to be, and, you know, so, yes, of course we could take our helmets off, we're back, you know, we're about to meet our creators, and and all that, and and here's where I'm going to address the haters of all, of all that stuff, they, they get, you know, all these characters are doing this, and this is not realistic, the thing about it is, sometimes I think when you're, because I, I was thinking about this with with Ridley, especially with Ridley Scott, it's always when he puts out a movie like um, Blade Runner, especially was the big one where it was like this is a really visually beautiful movie, but it has no heart at its core and it's flawed, and it and it was kind of a flop and a critical, and but over the years it's become a classic, and now it's like Ridley and because it's people have watched it again. And had parts of it sink in, and you know, oh, this line by Rutger Hauer made me think of something else, and and I think that's what he wanted. And sometimes when you're a filmmaker, you have to address, you want to address those themes, and if you want to shore up the the storyline, if you want, you know, and not that they're not completely insanely detail oriented they have production designers and obviously every aspect of this movie was crafted out painstakingly painstakingly all the technology fits it fits to look like it's in that universe and everything has a function even if we don't know what it is somebody's thought about what that piece of machinery does and all that the set design and everything i'm sure all the characters have you know, uh, a story arc before them that they gave to the actors and, and all that stuff. And then you have these, you know, plot holes and inconsistencies all of a sudden, and you're thinking, what would the, you know, how can Ridley Scott be a master filmmaker and not see that this, that this doesn't make sense at all? And I think my opinion on that is they do see it, but they think, you know, I want to get this story out. I want it to hit this emotional resonance of this. And if I sit here and make every little detail completely make sense in reality, then it's going to detract from that, you know, from mm-hmm. that overall what what you're supposed to be thinking of during the movie. So you just go, ah, go with it, you know. You know, that's not that that's that's not important for us to figure out how to do it. 
or, or we'd have to jump through so many hoops. We'd have to have a scene of the alien squid eating three people if that was how it was really going to be and that's going to take out of out of this storyline. So I I I I forgive it and I for, but I I I'm kind of an asshole about it cuz I'll forgive it from people from Rid- Ridley Scott or Francis Ford Coppola or or something like that, you know. And, and um and I was doing I was doing a bit of forgiving in this movie. <laughs> you know. Right. Here and there. But I have no problem with it. it, it if uh, you know, you just you just don't need to. I mean, I people need to complain, but if you, you're getting a, a the Ridley Scott experience on a big screen, you got all these a million shitty movies on the that you can see in the movie theater or big blow up, you know, Battleship or whatever that you could go see. And then you see this movie that's got all this time, money, and thought put into it. A lot of effort. They got really good actors and actresses who did a... It, you know, everybody does just a great job. It, it's hard to tell who's, you know, who's a better actor that, you know, the standout actor or actress in this movie because they're all very good. And you see that and you pay your, your ticket the same ticket price as any other as you know uh, clash of the titans 2 <laughs> and and then you come away from it and you're just like you know my, uh, you know re- the, what a monstra come on you know yeah. it, it, just for the first half hour of the movie just for the first scene the scene the first scene when you were saying that earlier that you were just like oh the first half hour i was even thinking just that first scene kind of I mean that set the tone for the whole movie. Like, and it, whoa! And it throws you for are... a loop. What yeah, the you're hell? Like, what is this? Okay, we're starting the alien movie. What is going on here? You've got that gigantic UFO doing that slow turn in the background. Yeah. This yeah. just this weird thing. It's I mean it's just there's there's some you know some of the most beautiful Ridley Scott photography photography design mm-hmm. design scenes where if you took that frame of the thing it would be a fine art photograph you know and yeah just for that scene where you're going what the fuck then you're back in the story and you almost forget that it even happened you know but yeah. it's there just sort of haunting you and by the time they're pulling the yeah and I love the fact that they're like there's a head inside of here and it's like oh awesome <laughs> You know, you're, you're, you're actually getting to take apart a space jockey, and that was just, you know, he was wearing he was wearing a space suit, you know, and there's, yeah. a, and there's a person under there. I would not, right. I was not expecting that. I was totally no. expecting them to be sort of elephant-snouted creatures that sort of looked like the aliens, you know, that had a little bit of that Giger, Giger yeah. look to it. The biomechanical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. And... It made sense. It was like, okay, the aliens look like their creators, but no, their creators are us. And the whole thing of where they had identical DNA to us, that was – it's like, so if they have identical DNA, why are they huge? And Well, I mean, that's the same. There's tall people and short people, and, I mean, maybe they have other technologies or they have the same DNA, but maybe they're all on some sort of, <laughs> like, anabolic steroid regimen. I don't know, but they're – I guess that's the same where all humans <laughs> have the same DNA, but they look different. You know what that's, I mean? That's true. Uh, um, but- and it's just, 
you know, back to what you were saying just a moment ago, I don't like the, in the geek community where it seemed, now this is a kind of a different topic, but the binary reaction, either it was awesome or it sucked. Or it was this monstro, yeah, it was Ridley Scott ripping you off. Right. And I mean, I, in regards to, let's say, The Phantom Menace, I think if you watch that Phantom Menace trailer even today, the trailer for the first trailer for The Phantom Menace, you'd say, wow. You know, I want to go watch that right now. Oh, I, and I, I almost and th- ripped my face off the first time I saw it in, in Happiness. I was just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. It's, and I think it's that a wonderfully was, made one. And I think that's a lot of people's reaction. I think the first trailer for Prometheus, oh. you know, especially if you know anything. Well, I even put it on the video of the week thread, you know, that trailer right next to the original Alien trailer. You watch those back to back. And you're thinking, this is going to be the greatest movie I see in a long time. So I think, I mean, I think expectations are a problem or a part of it. But it's okay also to expect a lot out of someone like Ridley Scott. You know what I mean? I don't think he would want you to lower your expectations. Oh no, in. my! I, I, I mean that trailer. I was just when I saw that trailer, it was very, it, it, it just as you said, it was very similar to episode one. I was just like, yes, and it's cut just like the Alien trailer. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, and. It's and it's got that that sound. Yeah. In it that's, oh yeah. The just it awesome, and uh, and I and I love Ridley Scott. I even I remember going to see Legend when that came out, and the critics were all like, "This is a piece of shit." And I was sitting in the movie theater going, "Oh, this is beautiful." And yes, it's obviously someone hacked it to pieces. Um. But it was still a beautiful thing to watch, and it was just, and it and it's better than. 90% of the other careless crap put out there to make money and this was put out there to make money but he earned it you know he worked at it so I had high I had high expectations for this and I had been trying not to spoil it and very luckily the, the leaked script that I read was definitely not <laughs> the leaked script to this it was a fake because it was nothing like it so that didn't spoil it for me and I wasn't I wasn't disappointed at at all i i came out of it a lot of the like i remember seeing uh the cotton club by francis ford coppola mm. like the the opening night when that came out because i was like i'm gonna go see a francis ford coppola movie and uh you know it w- i loved it you know i mean it was just there was so much to take in and there were problems with it and the critics were just like yeah it's a it's you know it's no Godfather, but it's got some really uh, wonderful moments in it. But it's flawed by the story thing, so it's you know, it's worth seeing. But blah blah blah, and and now you probably can't hear a critic say a bad word about it. You know, it's this it's it's one of his masterpieces. Uh, it's not up there with the Godfather, or when Full Metal Jacket came out. I remember a lot of the critics were like, "This is kind of a weak Stanley Kubrick movie," and. Um, eyes wide shut especially you know just like ads it's it's a flawed masterpiece and stuff and the word flawed tends to fall off after the years go by Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm i'm looking at prometheus like 10 years from now people are gonna like be like yeah i i don't you know i saw the prometheus sequel it was okay it was no prometheus so let me tell you you know and well and when you know people can't have any perspective right now but, you know, time gives you a little 
ability to compare it to what else you've seen, and then you realize, well, yeah, this was, You're... yeah, this was not the same as Prometheus, or this was not on the same level, or whatever it might be. And people haven't had time to process it. People haven't yeah. had time to watch it multiple times. It's obviously a movie that's going to bear up to repeated. View- it's going to take repeated viewings to pick out all sorts of little things because there's just a lot going on on the screen and there and you know filmmakers like that are like magicians they mm-hmm. they have you looking in one direction while something's going on in another or there'll be a there'll be a reaction from a character that doesn't make any sense till you know you know what happens at the end and and by that time you've forgotten about you know that but the second time you see it and you know what that character's motivations are all of a sudden you start seeing things and things are doing earlier so I think this movie is really going to have to, you know, it's going to really um, benefit from time and, and having a chance to to sink in. And, yeah, I just don't – the, the hate, hate is going to hate, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, and I – don't get me wrong. I love hating on, on something that, that I hate. I love getting online or on microphone and – and bitching and moaning about it, but I just don't see how you can see this movie as as horrible. You know, yeah. you can you can find plenty wrong with it. Um, I'm dying to see if Red Letter Media ever does any. Oh, I think they have. Of, have they already? I think so. Yeah. I, over if you go on the forum, um, there was a. Ooh, I want to say it was a over in the Uncanny X cast on their forum. There's a Prometheus thread over there, and I. I think someone may have put a link into it there already. Oh, I'm, I'm maybe very not because they're they're very good on hating on a movie while at the same time loving the movie, you know. Mm. But but at the same time saying, oh, I really like this movie, but then really in a humorous way bringing out what the the faults are with it. So I'm 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 very curious to see what they. Uh, my my thing was I was I was thinking I I was knowing that I was gonna get what i wanted out of prometheus because i noticed a lot of the reviews weren't talking about what happened in the movie but the ideas of them they were talking about the legend of prometheus and and all that and how it how it uh um fit in with what happened in the movie you know like the first review of it it was basically just two people talking about the price of knowledge you know yeah. that how arrogant is it to think that you're gonna learn something without you know paying a price and the more and the bigger thing you learn the bigger price you have to pay and basically and what i what i liked about this movie was it was basically like and a lot of horror movies do this it's it's like if there's a price to pay it's usually by the by bad people you know Mm. it's like the bad people get what's coming to them and the good people get beat up but they get to escape and in this movie, it doesn't matter if you're good or evil or if you have good intentions or bad intentions. There's just uh, there's just a price, no matter what. It doesn't depend on who you are or whatever. It's If you want to know what, what's going on, you, you're going to pay that price. And that's harsh. You know, it's... I, I like where you get... Um, and it's funny because we're in King Kong month. But it's very similar to Skull Island on King Kong, where you have the ultimate hostile environment. And in science fiction movies, we haven't 
painted space as as ho I mean space is just the most hostile environment when you're in a spaceship going to an alien world you know you're you're you you know basically your your life is basically earth <laughs> so you're surrounded you're in a little box million you know millions of miles away from where your 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 fount of life is and you're surrounded by the icy cold you know in space is instant death you know you get right. thrown into space you're dead it's the ultimate not, alien environment right you're not going to survive you know <clears throat> so and and also the universe is a frontier so there's you know wild animals and and natives that you don't know what and and this movie did a very good job at conveying the fact that you know hey you know we come in peace doesn't mean a goddamn thing in in the universe there's things going on that are just i think the ultimate expression of that in the movie was where David confidently strode up to the engineer and was like, I'm going to speak to him in his language. Oh, and yeah. the guy just looked at him and was just like, you know, shut up, little man. What did Pop you think about that whole scene? That was, I mean, I thought that was, oh, man, I think that was one scene where it was like, you don't know what David, you don't know what David said to him, and we can make assumptions of what he said to him. And then the engineer is completely I, I don't recall if he says anything or not but if he does it's not very much and then he just proceeds to kill everybody he doesn't say a word <laughs> yeah he's just he completely just, silent destruction he, he's yeah but and and there's the a sense on rage. his face yeah there's contempt and rage and he's just you know that's what makes me that was one of the things that made me think that there was some sort of oppose it you know a that maybe the guy in the beginning was an opposing force to these guys because when they see humans like that, they're just like, wipe no, them out. No, yeah, they're not supposed to be here. We're our, our, we, you know, we were cooking up this stuff to wipe these guys out, and they're here. Yeah, and how dare they? How dare they try to talk to me on my level? What that? You know, it's like an ant going, hey. Although if an ant was like, hey, how are you doing? I would definitely be interested in talking to that ant. <laughs> Well, what do you think? Do you think it has something to do with the fact that it's David, who he might, he probably can tell is not a real boy, right? You right. know, do you think it has something? Maybe that even helped even set him off even more. Is not only are they here, but they've created in their own image, you know, this simulacrum or yeah, whatever, yeah, you know, and, and of humanness. And it's like a mockery of what we do. It's like right. this. It's like this. Yeah, soulless marionette. Mar marionette mockery, and not. And that's taught. That's the thing that they got talking to to me. Yeah, there there could definitely uh, be be a lot of a lot of that into it because, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's where the whole Blade Runner thing comes in. You've except you've got the three. You've got, you know, man's creator, man. And and the robot, and that's just one of the levels of what's going on in this movie. Yes. you know how can you how can you fucking complain? And it's well, not I think, done in a stupid manner either. Well, and I think that's something else. I mean, you kind of mentioned it before, but at the same time, they're acting naive. I don't think it's as na as much naivety as much as complete and total like arrogance. You know, oh, they yeah. they they're very sure of themselves in that. You know, in a hundred years from now, you know or they're close to there. That's when the movie takes place. They can fly across, they can fly four light years away or however far it is. 
to this planet and you know they've got to think they've got it all figured out you know they can create these robots that look just like us we can fly across the universe and then you know like she says we were so wrong she kind of is the only one she survives because she's the only one that realizes you know they were wrong that we were arrogant that we were out of place that we shouldn't have ever come here I don't know. The it, there's just a lot is, going on there. It's the captain of the ship that figures it all out, you know, or, and and I thought that was a little bit of a convenience. A convenience. His his um his speech about you know this is you know this is a weapons manufacturing plant you know that that you know it's on an you know basically it's like testing nuclear weapons on an island. They don't want sure. it in their backyard, so right. it's here. At which also begs the question of. Why did they invite us there? And that uh, was was you know we're, because okay so so you have the engineer who dro- dropped his DNA and made humans, then you obviously have other engineers visiting humans at other times, to either maybe maybe the invitation was you know if we can get, if it's easier to get them to come to us to kill them. <laughs> No, and I mean that's I mean I think there's also a difference between plot holes and uh-huh. unanswered questions. That's a definite unanswered question that could be yeah. a plot hole. And that's where I think people start assuming a lot. They're going, Oh, well, since this writer sort of did that to me with Lost, that's what's happening with the they're they're really plot holes and they're not gonna gonna resolve into anything. But I don't know. I think they are because I think Ridley Scott is planning on more. being involved in more. Yeah, I think he's planning yeah. on more. And he was always kind of sore that he didn't get to direct Aliens. Aliens. They didn't even mm-hmm. ask him. They didn't even tell him it was happening. Yeah. And he and he found out. I can totally see why that happened because, you know, the his last two movies were Blade Runner and Legend, which were both, you know, big-budget failures at, at that point, considered big-budget failures. So... You know, they, and Cameron they had just come off of Terminator, Terminator so. so so it was just it was perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. So I could see, totally see the Hollywood logic in that, but or just business logic. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were thinking, ah, Ridley Scott's just, you know, we don't want to put it in his hands because the critics are kind of pissed at him now, anyway. But now, you know, now he can sort of do. He's talking about doing a Blade Runner sequel too, is that he's always wanted to do. Yeah, see, whereas I I was, oh man, when I found out what Prometheus would be, at least tangentially related to Alien, I was pumped. Not so much if he wants to do, for whatever reason. I'm There's already as... been so many iterations of Blade Runner to actually just outright do a sequel or prequel or what have you. That doesn't really... I hope I mean, he I has it... something different planned for it. That's what yeah. I'm hoping. I yeah. hope he has some idea that's that's completely... There's a lot of different. Uh, basically, I know that he said it has a female protagonist. It doesn't, you know, it's not Deckard and. It's, yeah, it's, well, Harrison Ford. Yeah, you know. well, it's uh, it's not. It's going to be different characters, and and just exp- it's just going to be in the same universe type thing. But it's going to be about replicants, of course. Sure. Yeah, I I guess I would rather see more Prometheus. Yeah. Well, then, hopefully then they'll that. be both. Let you know. Yeah. That, well, that, yeah. I went. I wouldn't disregard both. I guess. I, I. I would. I would be really happy if it. If it turned out to be good. You know. You can't. I. I guess I just couldn't complain if there. If Ridley Scott did a sequel to <laughs> Blade Runner. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But. <laughs> 
But at the same time, yeah, I'm not going to anticipate it with nearly, you know, the, the, the fervor that I was anticipating. I'm just so happy this summer. I think I might be happy with... I may go see Spider-Man in the theaters. I don't know. We'll see how... By the time Spider-Man's coming out, I'm going to have to be watching my budget because I'm going to be having to plan to go to Star Wars Celebration. But Right. Um, I might have gotten I might have gotten my full fill of the I'm I may be like okay I'm done with movies for the summer because between this and Avengers I think I got all my sweet teeth filled for for movie stuff like the Avengers was was a pure fun movie it was your slam bang summer movie but it was smart and it was you know it was it was finally a quality high quality name. right yeah i mean I, I i sort of put actually like eight millimeter from last year was that last year or two years ago whenever eight millimeter it was last year out, that was one that i thought was another one that was that was a, a higher level of so it was reminiscent of when spielberg was at his height in the summer movies oh well it was a spielberg love letter i mean yeah but it was it was it was more flawed than Prometheus, but um, or Avengers. But Avengers was like the pure hitting all cylinders. Oh yeah, awesome. You know, turn your brain off, but you don't have to turn it all the way off. And even if you do turn it off, it still all it still all works out in its universe. And then you have Prometheus, which is somewhere between an art film and a science fiction film and a horror movie. Well, I mean, it runs a whole gamut. It's, you know, the a B movie, as in There's like some B movie scenes with their Flash Gordon helmets on and all that. Yeah, the two and two thousand one. Yeah, and Blade Runner, and I mean, it's just a yeah, and a horror movie all at the same time. I, you I'm, know, the, the fr- final girl, as they say. I'm afraid to curse my summer movie going experience. You know, I mean. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go now. Now, if I go to see something that's just your normal summer movie, I'm gonna be like, yeah, this kind of sucks, you know. Yeah, no, I mean it, those two movies have definitely set the bar high, and I just, I just finished up grad school in May, so I have not hardly in the last two years. I've probably seen three movies, maybe, in the movie theater. But this summer was a good summer to kind of get back into going to see some movies in the cinema. I mean, looking forward yeah. to Spider Man. Looking forward to, uh, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Looking forward to a couple others. I want to see Brave. Um, no, it's it's a good... Avengers was awesome. I really like Prometheus. I feel like, I mean, we've been talking for a while. There's still... I mean, I think it's just a sign that, at least of a high quality, that we could talk about this long and they're just scratch the surface. People are still talking about it. I, there's something there if people are still having that much discussion over your film. Yeah, you that's, know, if that's, I was saying that to Ridley Scott. That's why I want to encourage people to go to our forum, yeah, and, and get on the thread about this because basically, basically, it's been you and me being semi cryptic, yeah, <laughs> on it till now. Because I was like, I want to, re- I don't want to start talking about this stuff because I'm gonna ruin all the stuff that I want to talk about in the podcast. You know, not 
not necessarily, you know, that most of our listeners would read it on the forum and be like, oh, I re- already read that on the forum. Not listening to that, yeah. But but just the fact that I wanted to sort of talk about it fresh, you know, and if I went and, and started talking about, like, the nature of the engineers and stuff on the on the thread, that uh, it would it would sort of take, you know, a little bit of the piss out of me, or, or, sure. you know, but to talk about it again. So I'd just been waiting. But now, now I feel full freedom to to spoil like crazy and i'm and uh luckily you put spoilers in the title of the thread yeah. so i don't have to put the annoying black cover up on on everything that i say that's that'll be spoilers well i guess i just figured more people had i mean maybe it was just me i went out and saw it right away i guess i just figured there'd be a little bit more people going out and seeing it right away but i don't think our listeners are a wealthy lot <laughs> uh, and and i also think a lot of them um have wife wives and kids yeah which really doesn't lend to getting to see like an r-rated horror movie sure. as much as you'd like to as much as you'd like to you know that was definitely my case whereas i took my 16 year old brother to see it because my wife had no desire to see it and my son's one and a half so you know he's not going either oh jeez, yeah well one and a half year old hopefully wouldn't be able to understand compute it, yeah, yeah five, five-year-old would be traumatized for life now, my brother loved it, though. I think he actually initially, I kind of came out just kind of trying to, you know, process everything. And I think he came out of it much more like, that was awesome. Let's go see that again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, man, we didn't even get to really talk. I mean, there's not only is there all the, I don't know, there's all this like religious allegory and metaphor either, you know, implied or straight out straight overt. Straight out, yeah. Well, there's a the whole know? thing where she's, has a cross around her neck and you know yeah. and at the end she puts it back on and and all and i mean it's the you know people address it with, with her too and her, her boyfriend addresses it and and yeah and there's a whole there's a whole it's happening at christmas yeah <laughs> and, yeah and all that and a lot of times i get I don't like that in movies, but I don't like it as it's not that I don't like it as a matter of principle. It's like I don't want any religion in my movies because, yeah, you know, I'm I, I, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. but religious stuff in movies adds a whole, you know, adds emotional levels to it where I mean, you can add those emotional levels any number of ways, but there's stuff associated with religion and spirituality that those issues yeah they're in life so you you have them in a movie and to address them can make some really emotionally resonant stuff about life you don't have to come away going i really like that movie so i have to be christian now you know so but i like the way ridley scott comes at it he's not coming it's it's not one of those like okay this is an american movie so at the end we have to reaffirm you know god country you know all, all that stuff has to be reaffirmed. There has to, like a M Night Shyamalan, my Ding Dong movie, where there has to be some sort of you know, it's a, I was a I was a minister and now I have my faith back because right. I just found out this was all part of God's plan and all this and there's that in there, but he doesn't he doesn't leave it at, at, at anything. You know, it's 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 mostly within her character. And it's still, say, you know, there's still in the movie. There's still the fact that, like, hey, God might want to kill you. 
Yeah. You know, well, you have all these preconceived notions about God, but yeah, God might, you know, tear the head off your robot and then come after you the, the second you wake him up, you know? Well, and that kind of plays into the whole arrogance, naivety, you know, the scientists were concerned. The scientists are concerned because this might throw everything they know about biology and evolution out the window. And the, you know, you know, they, like, I think, what was it? Was it her boyfriend or was it David or who asked her, you know, well, what do you think now? You know, we found out that they created us and she's like, well, I want to know who created them. You know, if it doesn't kill her faith, it just moves it on to the next just level, moves I guess. It on to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one of the things about that's one of the things, the logical that's that's like I've gotten into arguments very similar to that with with religious people where it's like and they're like oh but okay evolution well who created evolution and 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 it's one of those questions where neither side can really get it to work for them because it just it 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 sort of can't resolve because it's like oh well who created god well who created them and it goes on forever and it's just Mm -hmm. like okay well so then you know what are you saying but you're saying there's one god but you know it, it 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 just doesn't work out for either either side. So it's one of those great questions to, and you can throw shit in that like that in a movie, but you could throw shit like that in a movie, like in the second and third Matrix movies, where it's just sort of like bibbly babble, laborious. Yes, and and or you could throw it in this, where it actually starts. Taking on res and it might take on a different resonance for someone who's religious and for someone who's not. But at the same time, it all just lends into all the questions and everything. And and he works. And you know, I mean, the 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 stuff is sort of jammed home at the same time. But it's also it's also subtle. It's weird because you know, it's like okay, they got a Chris. You know, they put a Christmas tree up, and that's how they explained. It was Christmas, and then you got the two thousand years thing, and, yeah, and and all that, but it's all just sort of dropped there on the table and left there, yeah. And then it's it doesn't lead to anything, and I think that's another thing where everybody's going. There's all this unresolved stuff and and all that. It's like I want that unresolved. Yeah, you don't stuff. need it all spelled out for you. That's no. up for that that lends itself to discussion, and I actually am like a very religious person I would say and I I wondered if that wasn't why some of my closer circle of friends who also are also religious didn't necessarily like it as much uh-huh. but I like you know thinking these I don't know I like discussing these things thinking these ideas out like that doesn't intimidate me or scare me or what have you I really enjoyed it for those very reasons. Well, the great thing about it is it's a movie. So you're yeah. watching the movie. We didn't really discover the engineers. But, you know, I mean, but if you're a religious person, you're watching the movie and you're you're following the logic of 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 Shaw. And it's it's just like sort of like, OK, they created us. So who created them? All right. Well, that that's the same question that probably the religious people are, are were thinking about it that at that point so it addresses right. it in the movie yeah. you know it actually it actually addresses that that would be something people would be thinking about and and and, and the and just like you said it doesn't it doesn't intimidate you or bother you in the end it's a movie yeah so 
So it's not like you have to walk out of the movie going, well, I accept that movie as a, as a good movie, so that means that God is dead. <laughs> you know, that means there is what no God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't I need have, to see Prometheus too. You to don't, know. Yes, exactly. I hope it restores my faith. Oh, God, I hope God, the real God is in it because I'm, you know, my faith <laughs> is shattered. That's why I don't understand why people get so upset on either side on believers disbelievers or different believers or stuff when people call their stuff into question why they get so like wound up about it because it's just, yeah i just don't get it i just don't get it. because it's not like it's like people think they walk around with magic wands of of logic or something so it's like, ah, if I'm talking to somebody and I prove to them that there's no God, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> right. They're done. What can they say if they follow that logic? You know, if they follow that lot and people do that this all the time where uh, the annoying people who, who corner you and want to talk, like force you to talk about stuff like that, mm-hmm. where I love having those conversations, but there's some people who've, seen somebody who's told a parable or or told a, a sequence of logical if this then this you know whether they be atheist or religious and then they meet somebody of the opposite faith they go let me ask you a, they always start with let me ask you a question if you blah 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 and blah 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 then naturally this would happen right and you go yeah mm-hmm. and they go okay <laughs> so then if this happens and this happens and this happens, right? Yeah. Okay, so if this, then this happens and this happens, then there's God. And then you're supposed to go, oh, Whoa. shit, man. How did you do that? You're right, you know. Or there is no God. And then poof, it's just like, oh, my God, can I have some liquor? You know, well, give me a hooker. It, it just doesn't work like that, you know. And, right. And they and, – and, and good thing too. So it's so why get threatened by it? It's just like, oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> right. <laughs> thanks. Well, for and that. I think it's just so. One takeaway, if I had to narrow it down to one takeaway, is that how many summer or like quote unquote blockbuster sci-fi epic 3D movies do you see where these kind of ideas are? Like, the movie. I mean, this is, like, what the whole plot of the movie is about. I just think that's one of the reasons I really, you know, have enjoyed this film. We didn't even mention how nice the 3D was. In- oh, man. And I'm not a huge fan. I didn't see no, Avengers in 3D. Either. Not a big fan. I mean, I know that's, like, a lot of people say that. But honestly, like, I saw Harry Potter in 3D, the last one. Did not like the 3D. Well, I just don't like the 3D that much. But this one. I don't like the post-3D. And like I saw the that when I saw Avengers 3D, that was the point where that was the first movie that I saw that I was like, I don't mind the 3D in this, but it's not necessary. I could watch this in 2D and I would be totally like, right. not miss, you know, not. I wouldn't have to feel like I'd missed anything. Was so, this one? Was this one shot in 3D? This or one was, this... was shot and th- shot designed. Okay. I was I was doing little experiments in this one where I would take my glasses off to see what it looked like flat. Yeah. And it looked okay flat, but the 3D, especially like the computer readouts and stuff, 
Oh yeah, the heads-up displays. He re he designed the 3D is designed into there. So when you flatten down, like when there's, you know, when they're looking at a representation of the planet or something in 3D, it doesn't look that good at all. But when you look at it in 3D, all of a sudden there's a sense of space and mm -hmm. you know Depth. it was really thought 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 about. But at the same time, it's not in your face. It's it, at the beginning. It like uh, at the beginning, I was like, "Wow, this is beautiful 3D." Mm -hmm. The first shot of space, I was like, "Every star is oh a yeah, different all distance the space, away. yeah, all the space scenes were awesome in were, 3D for were sure, beautiful." But then as the movie went on, it just became part of the movie, and I didn't think about it. I wasn't thinking about ooh the 3D. It was just part of it, and uh, it, it well, was. I noticed reminiscent it a lot. Of, oh, go ahead, sorry. It was reminiscent of Avatar, where it was where it was part of the movie. Yeah, and, unfortunately, and it was done really well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the parts where they'd be down in the various caverns where, like, you know, there's kind of like a long sloping, you know, initial hill or tunnel or whatever they first mm -hmm. come down. And there'd be shots, like, looking up in silhouette of them coming down, you know, from outside. And the parts where they would, like, be in those long caverns or uh, corridors, I guess, and they'd send the little robots yes. streaking way into the distance. You know, there was. I just thought it looked really good. Those little robots were a great, great detail too. I, mm -hmm. I love how they send them out to explore the space, and whenever they would get to a door, there'd be a little beeping thing just sitting there waiting. Mm -hmm. de -de 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 -de. There's a door here, a door here. As soon as they get the door, th that thing is like Shoots zoom. Yeah. Yes, more stuff to map. It was awesome. I love See, it. See, and and that was one thing my brother did mention to me as we were driving home. He's like, well. You know, they had way cooler stuff because we had watched Alien recently. They had way cooler stuff than they did in Alien. Well, some of that they can't help that Alien was made 35 years ago no. and you've got your DOS loading screens. But I guess I figured it was similar. Of course, the guy, I guess I felt it was similar that if they were truckers in space, if you right. took the richest person on the planet right now, he's not going to fly or drive around in a right. in a freight liner or semi truck. He's going to. They were like in Richard Branson's spaceship. Yes, yes, exactly. They, that's yeah. exactly what I thought. I was like, you know, boy, they have way Come more long toys. Way. But then again, when you're in when you're you know when you're in you know Branson's mansion, you know you got all that stuff. But when you're in your semi truck driving down the road, you got some road flares, a jack. You know, yeah. maybe a gun in the glove compartment, right, or something like that. But it's not your and, CB radio. Yeah, yeah. That they they had a barge. They were towing a barge full of fuel from one place to another, and and they had they they had weapons and stuff like that. You know, to an extent that you would in an emergency craft or whatever. Like if you're on an oil tanker or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this was. This was state-of-the-art technology specifically designed by a super, you know, rich person to get to a goal. So it had every available, you know, it, it, it was it was beyond the techno, you know, technology of the day. That's why I liked how they introduced the surgery robot because she came in and she was just like, oh, my God, you have one of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and that was an actual, I mean, that was some foreshadowing right there Yeah. that Wayland was, uh, that was, I mean, we knew that uh, David was a robot from the beginning. The third act reveal in this one is dun-dun-dun, Wayland's on the ship. Yes. He, that was the twist, I thought, was that, oh boy, he's not only, you know, did he launch this, but he's actually there. 
And so you realize that machine is for him. You know, that was kind of the the clue yes. that he was there, was that it was designed, it was programmed for a man, not a woman. Well, oh, that seems silly, but it was there to keep the old man, you and, know, kicking and I, along. And I believe there was a scene before that of David talking to him. There was. The dream, the, the he was scene. reading his dreams. Right. With his groovy Mobius helmet or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his Lobot. Uh-huh. And, uh... And, uh, yeah, but I, I, I wondered about why that had to be a secret, <laughs> you know, why that they had him on the, you know, there was no reason really that nobody need that. I mean, everybody thought he was dead for whatever reason, but I don't see why he would have cared. I mean, I wondered if it wasn't just, he literally was put in cryo sleep like an hour before he was going to die. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, on his deathbed just to be woken up just long enough. Oh, they they get... said he has a limit, very limited amount of time. Well, I wondered if that's also, you know, if you're going to get a no prize, I wonder if that's why none of them were as questioning of Shaw as I would have been when she came in all stapled up and bloody from the cesarean section that because he's only got so much time, he's there and they're going to go, they, they, David in the interim has found that one still asleep and hypersleep that they're going to go talk to him. So who cares what she's been up to? We're going to talk to one of these guys. Uh-huh. And I, and I think she wasn't surprised because of that. But uh, uh, after the point where you pull an alien, where you have to program a machine to pull an alien out of your belly, you're probably not surprised or shocked by much of anything. Right. At that well, point, she was but... in shock. I mean, she was, uh-huh. you know, stunned, completely stunned. That was also another inconsistency that that was, I I mean when to go through your abdomen. That's why they have like laparoscopic surgery now. Right, right. Because it's you have to go through layers of muscle and stuff. Sure. To to. It, it takes, takes women a, weeks to recover from a cesarean section. Yeah, of laying on your back and letting it heal, and she's right. running and jumping and fighting and brawling, and you know, by by the end of it. So I don't know. Well, if who they knows have, what was in her little hypodermic? Maybe it was, you or, know, some special cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Or if they sprayed something over it that like kept that that healed the wound faster or something. You don't you don't know. Who you knows? Got, you just gotta assume it. But she was pretty active for a. Yeah, she had the, like, run 10 feet and go, ah, you know, grip her side, but it wasn't like her staples came loose. Or, yeah, but a couple you know. hours later, she was uh, she was doing some, uh, she well, was she... Doing some serious jogging. Oh, yeah. Jumping. And... Oh, no, right away almost. Yeah. I mean, they get on the RVs and go out there, but anyhow, I, there's just... I think it's just... It, go it speaks for itself that we could just talk about this for hours and hours and hours. I mean, you know... I really enjoyed it. I do want to see it again. It was cool. We saw it Saturday afternoon, Thursday night. I had probably six or seven people over to our house to watch Alien because I got the Blu-ray set. And we want, you know, several of the people who are coming over had not seen Alien ever. So we had that experience on Thursday night just as kind of a, for me at least, a refresher before going to see Prometheus. And, uh... You know, I think if you watch them together, I think that I think I don't know. I guess I was just shocked to see so much negativity in the fan community yeah. because if you watch them back to back, I think man, they go together. I just the slow oh, bit, the slow yeah. beginning, um, or signing off at the end. There's just lots of little things that it really 
I, I guess I don't see why everyone could possibly... If you want to watch Alien, go watch Alien. But I don't know. I just didn't quite understand why people were quite as bent out of shape about it as they were because I really liked it. I think there's a lot of people who seriously, no matter how much they told them that they weren't going to get it, they wanted to see aliens crawling all around. You know, they wanted to see traditional aliens. They were yeah. like, at some point, you know, and I think almost the shot of the proto-alien at the end was almost like throwing a bone to him. Okay, here's your resolution. Here's where we're, we're going. We're going with this. And here's something that's that's semi-familiar to you. But I didn't want that. <laughs> so well, I and guess I would have been okay with that. I would have been okay with that. That would have been good. But, as, you know, we talked about that very first scene. As soon as that played, I realized this is, this is yeah, so, something more. so different than what I was expecting. Like, I almost then at that point wish they hadn't put that scene on the end. Because mm-hmm. if the whole movie had been that, that would have been one thing. But... I almost then wish they just cut that part I off. And I, I, I think cannot, you really need it either. Well, and when I watch it at home, I'm going to get the Blu-ray. I'll just, you know, when she signs off in the year of our Lord, no less, mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. hit pause, you know. <laughs> That'll be it. So, oh, I liked it. thought it was good. I can't wait to see it play. I, I'm always complaining that I want more from stuff, and this movie gave me more. So what can I say, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like. I definitely would like to have some forum people get on there and really, you know, good or not. I mean, we liked it, but I definitely am open to discoursing the what people did or did not like about it. I'd like to hear. I've read a lot of critics stuff, but I'm more interested in hearing the the fan, the normal person. Reaction. And I've listened, I listened to several podcasts this week, you know, reviewing it, and I would say it was. I am more not. positive, more positive, but definitely a lot positive of disappointment. Mixed, positive mm-hmm. to mixed. I mean, there were some people who liked it, but there was also quite a bit of critique, and there is some stuff to critique. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think it's much better than people in the fan community, at least, are giving it credit for. Yeah, time is on this movie side, and a lot of those fans you'll find ten years from now will be like bragging to some kid in the comic shop, dude. I saw that when it came out in the theater right when like 3d was new and they're like wow and they're like yeah dude awesome yeah (laughs) so cool well i don't know man i think i think that's all i gotta say about that for right now yeah i think that's all we should say i think we've said too much yeah (laughs) yeah if you haven't seen this movie i'm i'm very sorry uh that you listened to this then but no i'm not sorry because we told them at the very beginning that's right and that's right now see what you've done stupid (laughs) <laughs> now see what you've done. Go sit in the corner. Jesus. Right. Go go out and see the movie now. At least see the movie and whatever spoiled, tattered remnants of it are left, you dumbass. Hey, actually, real quick before we close it up, there is one more thing I wanted to throw in there. I, a long time ago, listened to y'all's um, The First Freak Files, Two True oh, Freaks. Yes. Dude, that was like I went. I it actually watching this movie. I I actually thought back to that conversation you guys had, and I went back and listened to it this week. You literally were no, talking about like it, the plot of this movie. Was it the ancient astronauts? One? Yes. Yes. Okay. I know. I can't wait to see. I you know. I mean, Scott should be. He's not that excited about this movie, but it's all about ancient astronauts. He it's loves like, that stuff. 
that's what this whole movie's about uh-huh. is that they they came back in time and fiddled with us in the past and now they're gonna wipe the petri dish out you know yeah. that's literally the plot of this whole movie yeah, so i just thought that was ironic well like when they were coming in for a landing there and they're like look at those straight lines i'm like oh it's like the oh. nazca lines that you know in peru or whatever that people are like maybe they were alien landing landing strips, strips. so uh-huh. there was yeah yeah he definitely uh he definitely dipped into his Von Daniken for that. Well, and that's like a big Easter Island uh, headpiece in the uh, yeah. room with all the urns, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was really funny that, uh, yeah. But I was like, this is a good, uh, that go watch go watch this movie, then go listen to that episode, then listen to this episode. And then, and then. Get real, on the form. Then you get to realize that the two true freaks have the insight about two years ahead of every. Yeah, y'all, y'all should. Uh... So you start, gotta start listening to all our podcasts now to know what's gonna happen two years from now. That's right. In blockbuster world. That's right. Excellent. I like that. I li- I I yeah. I like that tack. Yeah. There you a... go. It's a supplement. <laughs> all right. Go see Prometheus again. And if you didn't see it before, go hang your head in shame, you, you dumbass. It, well, it is certainly a, it's certainly something that has to be, whether you like it or not, it's something that should be experienced in the theater. Yeah. Watching it at home will not be the same. If you're feeling wealthy, uh, that's if I see it again and I'm like get a good eBay score, I, I'd like to see it on the IMAX now yeah. and see how that looks. I'll bet you that looks real pretty. Oh, yeah, so, I'm sure. So I'm telling you, go, you know, drop that $20 bill and go see it on IMAX and you'll be able to, even if you don't like it, you'll be able to brag to some snot-nosed kid in the comic shop or whatever passes for a comic shop in 20 years and go like, I was there. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for watching the movie early and getting me motivated to go out and see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was good, good times. And everybody else who wanted to be in on this podcast, uh, you should have gotten to the movie theater faster. It was a race, race against time. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com.
Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off. Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.